Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The official Brighton and Hove Albion podcast with MyDieselClaim.com. Hello, I'm Paul Hayward and welcome to the official Brighton and Hove Albion podcast. We're delighted to be joined by the Managing Director of Women and Girls Football here at the Albion, Zoe Johnson, who had spells at Liverpool and Sheffield United before heading south. So what can we expect from the women's team this season? What effect has the Lionesses' success had on grassroots football? And she's intrigued by the army of Sussex sea swimmers, but will she be jumping in? So, Zoe Johnson, what uh, what attracted you to Brighton and Hove Albion? Yeah, I think from the outside, it was you can tell how well the football clubs ran, and you can see exactly the project of of where the chairman and the the board are wanting to take the club, and I think that's that's really what inspired me to want, want to come here. So, are you looking for a a kind of bigger challenge, if you like? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the the exciting opportunity to come and work in in the Women's Super League, but it was always going to have to be the right club for me to, to go to. Seeing the ambition of this club and how invested they are in the women's team, that was the exciting opportunity where I just felt like this was this was the right opportunity that I really wanted to try and try and be a part of. And what does the MD's role uh, entail? Because you're not on the training pitch every day, clearly, are you? But what's what what are you, what's your job? Yeah, it's the overall day-to-day running of, of the, the department, not just the women's first team, but the girls' academy, trying to align all the departments across the club, acting as a feeder between the women's and girls' department and then obviously with the board as well and, and feed, feeding in regularly there, um, supporting Melissa and, and the technical staff in terms of what they're trying to do in terms of driving standards around the environment, trying to help with the culture, um, help with the recruitment of, of players and staff. We've had a real big turnover in that that area, just the day-to-day running really is is, is the focus. So uh, long days, the job's in your head a lot of the time, I imagine, even, yeah. when you, even when you leave this training ground. Yeah, absolutely. And I think naturally when you work in football, that's what you, you buy into. And I think if, if you're not like that, then you're not in the right industry. And that's something that obviously my, my time here, it's been been relentless, it's been full on. But that's that's what one of the things that attracted me to the role. I knew exactly how big the challenge ahead was and it was something that I was really excited about. So yeah, that's just, just part and parcel of the job. It's a club that's obviously very good at planning ahead, thinking ahead, strategizing. Uh, what's the strategy planning for you on the women's side? What, what are your sort of, what are your targets and what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts for the next five years? 
Yeah, so the, the, the targets is quite publicly known and it's we want to be a, a top four WSL club obviously with the men are already achieving being a top top ten Premier League side. That's just a regular something that's in our strategy day to day and it's how, how we go about making sure that we achieve that and we're well aware that that's not going to happen overnight. We're well aware that we're in a, a building process at the moment and making sure that we, we get the right people through the door, whether that's the staff or the players. We've done a lot of profiling around that, supporting Melissa in terms of making sure that she can achieve that on the pitch to be able to get us there. But like I said, we, we know and understand that it's very much a building process at this moment in time and we know that it's going to take take time to get there. And I think over the next sort of two to three years, we want ourselves to be in in the top four. We want to be competing for Champions League spots over the next five years. That's very much where we see ourselves and competing for titles in the WSL. Is part of the um, thinking, you know, positive attacking football, is that part of the identity of the of the women's team going forward, do you think? Yeah, the, the identity of the women's team just matches the identity of the football club to play exciting attacking football is exactly what we want to do. We want to match the brand of the club. And that was a, a key part of Melissa Phillips's recruitment as well, that when we, we were discussing around the right person to bring in to try and take us and help us achieve that was her philosophy had to fit into the club's philosophy and that's something that we, we made sure happened. And again, we have 11 new faces coming into the building, so trying to implement style of play on them is going to be is going to be important. But I think the, the players that have come in are not only the right fit as footballers on the pitch, but they're the right fit as people off the pitch as well, which is equally as important. One of the great things about sport, obviously, is that each season is a fresh start, isn't it? It's just everybody starts from zero. How, tell me about the, the build-up to this season and the and the tour, the pre-season tour. How did that go? Yeah, pre-season tour was fantastic. Everything's gone um, a little bit too smooth so far, which is which is fantastic. Um, where we went to out in Sevilla, was, it was from some great facilities. There was plenty of opportunities, both for, fit, for fitness purposes. We got out, out of it for the football perspective in terms of the fixtures and the competitiveness of that. The amount of days and contact the players could do double sessions out there, but also for the cognitive side of it as well. Like there was plenty of smiles on faces for the players. There was there was plenty of opportunities for them to have downtime, for them to spend in the classroom. Melissa's really big on in terms of like um, personality profiling, so it was an opportunity for her to spend some more time digging deep into that. But not only personality profiling on the players, but for the staff as well, because I think it's recognised we've got also got a lot of new staff in the building. Melissa likes to sort of get to, to know what players and the staff's like communication pre- preferences are, how they would like her to speak to them, how she would like her to manage them and vice versa, how the players would like to speak to each other, how the staff like to speak to each other. So that was a real good opportunity of 10 days away where we're in an intense environment, early starts, late finishes for people to really get to know each other. But as again, for the players to get to know each other as footballers, but for them to get to know each other as people as well. So it was really beneficial. And I think coming off the back of it, it was like reflecting back on actually how good the tour was. Hopefully really standards in really good stead for when we start the season. Yeah, because getting players bedded in, new players bedded in, is quite a skill, isn't it? You know, and if you don't do it well, it can take six months. If you do it well, you, you can start the season with those players feeling comfortable and ready to go. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you wouldn't think that we've got 11 new faces in the building. They've just fit, come in, they're fitting straight away. They're the right the right personalities. We In the recruitment process in the summer, we, we've got quite a, a sort of good processes in terms of recruitment now. There's a lot of people that are involved in that and everyone involved in that recruitment process has done an absolute phenomenal job not only as a, a, like making sure that they're going to come in and they're going to they're going to be able to come in and hit the ground running and they're going to fit in culturally into what we we've started doing over the last few months and yeah you won't think that there've been 11 new faces we understand it's going to take a little bit longer to gel on the pitch but in terms of off the pitch they've literally just come in and it, it's like it's home to them already which is it's been brilliant 
I think what's helped is we've signed a couple of really strong senior leaders that have got a real strong calibre of experience in the game where they've come in and they've been able to sort of nurture and bring some of the younger players that we've recruited along and that's really helped them all all settle in really well. And there's such a, an energy and positivity around the club that I guess when people walk in here, they pick that up, don't they? And they, they know they're in a serious place and, and that helps them get to where you need them to get to, doesn't it? Yeah, I think as soon as you drive through the gate at the training ground from then walk through the building, you see exactly that. It's an elite environment. You know full, full well that the club's really serious about this, what we're trying to do and what programme we're trying to, to drive and deliver here. Um, and you see in the, it oozes professionalism from, from the moment you walk through the door. So I think as soon as the players, whether that was that we were trying to get them to sign here and it was part of the recruitment process or whether it was once they were signed, seeing their faces and you can see that a lot of them are just like amazed by, by what they're walking into. So tell us more about... Um... Melissa Phillips, uh, what's her coaching style and style of play? Yeah, I think Melissa's style of play is an attractive style of, of football. Um, it's an exciting exciting um, brand of football in possession. That's exactly one of the main reasons why she was recruited to match exactly the direction that the club wants to go. And I think that's also important that they, that sort of filters down into the academy as well. She's very much on the training pitch. It's all about um, competitiveness driving the standards, driving the competitive edge in training. They have a Champions League table that goes on with everything sort of points focused. The players are very much, as soon as they walk out, it's a very much competitive environment and she tries to do that in all of her, all of her training sessions, which has been really good and the players have really bought into that. And I guess there were lots of changes last season on the managerial side. It's, it, it's going to be important now to have a period of stability, isn't it, and steady building? Yeah, and that's exactly what this off-season was all about. It was about making sure that we get a little bit of consistency in what we do. It was about, we knew there was going to be some changes that needed to be made and it was changes that needed to be be made for football club to go in the right direction. That was obviously a turnover in, in, in players. Obviously, Melissa coming in, bringing in her some of her own coaching staff as well, um, trying to develop a, a senior leadership team within the women's and girls department. So there's some key personnel have come in in those roles. And I think it was a case of in the, in the off-season, we, we knew we had a lot of work to do. We knew that finishing 11th was was not good enough and is not where this football club should be. So it was a case of, right, let's get everything sorted so that come the start of pre-season, everything had been implemented. But now you're right, absolutely, this is about sustaining that now and keeping the core group of these players and, and staff together and going along the journey together. Sign up and join millions of sports fans putting their trust in My Diesel Claim. Proud sponsors of the official Brighton & Hove Albion podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you love um, coaching, as I'm sure you did, it's, it can become quite addictive and it's hard to pull yourself away from to take a job upstairs, if you like, in inverted commas. Do, do you miss being a hands-on coach? No, I don't. I think at the start it was tough. Um, I'd like to say it's just what you're used to and it's every day. And it was it was a challenge at the start when I when I moved away from coaching into an off-field role, but it's something that now if um, an opportunity arose on field, it's not something that I would look to go back in. Um, I say this regularly to Melissa like, when I see, obviously, how much time and attention to detail and how much away from here that goes into the players and dealing with the players. It's not something I miss, that's for sure. But it's, it, I think what really helps me in my role is that I can support Melissa and I can work really closely with David Weir and Mike Cave on the, the technical side. And we've got a real good, strong team there. And I think it really benefits me in the role that I'm in because I have been on the grass and I understand that side of it. I've worked within academies. So I think, yeah, it's, it's a positive and I, I won't take away the experiences that I've gained on the grass. But yeah, I think in the future, there's no chance you'll see me back on the grass. <laughs> you don't mind all the admin and the emails then? No. <laughs> <laughs> How have you found Brighton as a city since you moved down here? Yeah, it's an, it's an amazing place to live. And I think it's a completely different culture down here. When I first moved down, it was it was different. Uh, it probably took me a while, a while to settle and just little things like you go out in the morning for a walk and you see people just out in the sea swimming like it's just normal. Nobody else is even looking at them, like thinking it's like strange and it's no matter what weather, there's people out there just swimming in the sea. It's like, that would not happen up north. So there's, there's, it's a very different place um, to live. But I think, yeah, obviously a few months down, down the line, I've, I've certainly settled down here and it's I can see my, my long-term future here. And it's somewhere that I would always say to people, it's, a, it's come, and, come and live down here because it's a touch of different way of life. Have you joined a sea swimming club or a paddle boarding club? Have I you? absolutely haven't. There is Fair no enough. way that I'll be touching that sea, that's for sure. I reckon you will. Everybody <laughs> gets in there in the end. And... Um, What's the difference now for women's players compared to, you know, the period when we would have started in the game, the amazing facilities, the, the 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 technical level of sports science? It must be a different world now. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And I think that the difference is now is that there's a level of investment um, that wasn't there previously that's now there. I think it's taken seriously within a lot of the top clubs in, in the country and not just in the country, but across the world. The facilities are exactly what they need to be. And I think the all the focus at the moment is trying to drive the performance. And I think the more, and as a football club, that's exactly where we're at. The more you try and more investment and commitment you put into the performance side of things, ultimately, more people are going to want to watch the sport, more people are going to be interested, more people ultimately, therefore, are going to invest in the game, which is then going to grow the game. More commercial um, sponsors will want to get involved, more spectators will want to come and watch. And that's where the product will keep growing. But I think that you've got to get all those things right. And I think that's where the direction that we're heading in and, and to see the facilities that our players have got here is just completely different level. A lot of the um, England Lionesses have talked about how they started in the game and hand-me-down kits and terrible pitches and stuff in carrier bags and and all very pieced together. Is that how you started in the game? Yeah, and I, it, it is. It probably wasn't as bad as that when I very first started, but it, there was definitely some signs of that and there's still some signs of that that are still there in some clubs now. Some clubs, I, I feel, probably just have a women's team because they feel like it's the right thing to do. And I think the game is changing away from that a little bit and clubs are becoming a lot more more invested 
long term into that and are starting to treat the athletes like they treat the male athletes and that's something that certainly happens here I've been so blown away with the, um, the level of investment and commitment from Paul Barber from the board from the chairman that they're not just having a women's team because they feel it's the right thing to do they're actually invested in and have a real clear direction for where they want this club to go and I've no doubt that they'll, they'll make that happen. Yeah it's been a massive couple of years for women's football in this country with the particularly with the lionesses do you do you feel that there's still a long way to go but do you feel the women's game is is finally getting the kind of recognition and backing that it deserves yeah it, it definitely is even if you look in the last two to three years where it's grown from every every season it's just getting stronger and it's globally it's growing and it's, it's only going to get more and more and I think it's obviously it's a long way away from where where men's football is in terms of the financial side of it but you, you've seen such a dramatic growth in that area that I can only see it going going the exact same direction as the men's game in in the, in the future what sort of feedback did you get from the Brighton players who played at the World Cup just a phenomenal experience yeah. what obviously watching their journey obviously we've signed some new recruits we've been able to listen to their experiences in in this transfer window obviously they also played in the World Cup we had some existing players that was out there in the World Cup. Some of them played, some of them didn't play, but for even people like Katie Robinson, who was a young player out there in the Lionesses squad, it was a really proud moment for us as a club to, to have her out there. And although she didn't get any game time on the pitch, the experiences that, that she got has been being out there for a couple of months, playing and training with some of some of the world-class players, and she can only bring those experiences back, back to club, which will benefit both parties. But yeah, just listening to some of what their experiences, again, just shows how far the game the game has grown. And do you feel those international players, they're a kind of, they're a, a magnet for interest locally. I mean, do you feel that um, women and girls are, are drawn to this football club? Do you, do you feel there's a kind of a magnetic attraction locally with, with the next wave of young players? And Because obviously the, the grassroots in women's football is crucial, isn't it? You need to get um, girls and women flooding into the game to sustain it long term. Yeah, we, and I think off the back of the Euros, the club's in a, a, a real big in, increase in participation, um, especially from the, the um, Brighton and Hull Albion Foundation they, they've they been inundated with girls wanting to come and play locally they've not been able to cope with the demand at times they've had to put extra resource in extra extra sessions because they, everyone just wants to come down and wants to be a part of it and we've been able to develop some really good partnerships with the foundation through that by getting them into our ETC and highlighting the sort of the top talent around to get them into, into our girls academy as well so I think yeah there's been a, such a ma- massive increase in girls wanting to play off the back of the Euros I'm sure we'll likely see a spike again off the back of the World Cup now. Obviously, it's on television a lot more, so the girls can see the role models. They can come down and watch the games a lot more accessible than probably and a lot more affordable than the men's games. They can come down and watch their role models. So, And I think things like the World Cup and the Euros have definitely spiked that. Yeah, I mean, I go around um, different parts of Brighton and Hove, parks and so on, and I constantly see girls' teams playing, often in Brighton and Albion kits, actually. It looks as if the, the club is very active in the community in, in encouraging that. Yeah, they are. And uh, Matt Dorn and his team do a fantastic job and we're, we're in regular communication with Matt around what we can do more to support that and how we can get more of our players out there and how we can sort of, like, we've got two ambassadors um, on the women's team, that um, Invicta Lasada and Pauline Bremer, who are ambassadors for the, the foundation and um, getting them out and speaking to the players and, and, and showing exactly where where their careers could go and what they could be. They could be the next Vicky Lasada or, or Pauline Bremer. And we, yeah, we're really keen to work, work close with the foundation doing that because they're doing a fantastic job. So Brighton against Spurs, Brighton women against Spurs at the Amex on 15th of October. That's going to be a, a big day. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? 
it's really exciting. It's the it'll be personally for me, but my first game where we've we've had the team at, at the Amex Stadium, and it will be an exciting time for the community. And again, just speaking about getting the for young girls, for young families and also young boys to want to come down and be able to watch the team. And it might not be easy for them to get hold of tickets to go and watch the men's team at the main stadium, but it's something that they can come along and do now and watch watch the, the women's team at the Amex. It's a, going to be a really exciting exciting fixture. It'll be a competitive fixture and, and that's our aims this season is to be far more competitive in, in the league. So I think playing Tottenham, probably one of our more local teams in terms of having a little more local derby in the league, and we're hoping to attract big attendances and hopefully it's a really, really nice afternoon. As we all know, the men's team's on fire and they're in Europe for the first time. Um, do, you have to, do you have to resist the temptation to compare the women's team to the men's or, or are they a motivation for you? Are they an inspiration? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's definitely the latter. When you speak with the chairman or you speak with Paul Barber and you see where they've brought this football club over the past 10 years, we look at it as that we're on a similar journey to where they are and that's that where the men's team have built over the last few seasons and got stronger and stronger. We see that the foundations of the club have been there for, for a while, the investment's been there for a while, but we're ready to take it to that next step now and over the next two or three years, try and follow on the steps of what the men's team are doing and, and ultimately... We're working so hard across the club. It's not about it being a women's and a men's team. We align our processes. We've got a lot of staff that are aligned across both areas. We've got board members that sit on both boards. Um, it's just going to be a similar journey that that we want to take. So I guess uh, in an ideal future, it'll be a minor detail, the men's, women's things. It will be one football club with, with X number of teams and people will stop talking about men's and women's and it will almost be a single entity, won't it? Yeah, and, and that's probably where we're at in terms of like as, as a football club, we're very much one club. Like everyone's sort of got the same sort of vision. You see, the vision is, is is publicly spoken about. It's branded around the training ground. It's branded around the stadium. It's very much that we are one club. This is the vision, but there's two different teams that are going to sort of try and make up and, and complete that vision. And I've got no doubt that that the club will do that. So you sound quite confident that last season will be remembered as a wobble or a bad day at the office and this season's going to be an awful lot better, is that right? Yeah, that's the aim. The season objectives are to be far more competitive this season. We very much understand that we're in a building phase. We've got new staff, we've got new styles of play, we've got new players that are in the building. It's not going to happen instantly on, on the first game of the season where everything where everything happens for us. But we're, we're definitely in going in the right direction. We know that finishing 11th is not something that we ever want to experience again. It's going to take time this season to to build and keep continuing to build off field as well as on field and putting everything in place. But yeah, we've we, we want a top half finish this season. There's we're not going to be there's no secret about that. We want to make sure that we're competitive with every single team in the league. Um but we feel like we're definitely making the right strides to doing that. And I guess the thing that people sometimes forget is you can make yourself stronger, but you know damn well that every other team in the league is making themselves stronger as well. There's some, you know, there's some serious investment, there's some serious intent. So it's an extremely competitive environment, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You've you only got to look at this recent transfer window and you're putting the work in and we're, we're getting excited about the business that we're doing and then you can you can look what ne- what your neighbours are doing and they're doing the exact same thing and clubs are being really serious about it and they are putting the investment in, like you said. So... We can only focus on what, what we're doing and we've got to believe in what we're doing in the environment that we're creating, the culture that we're creating and just focus on, on, on what we can do. And, and I'm confident that we've got the right people in this building from the top down to the bottom, from the players, from the off field to be able to sort of take us in the next, di- next direction. And, and I'm confident that we'll finish in a, in a much higher position this season. Now, this question, my final question, throws a lot of people, but I'm 
we ask everybody, every guest on this show, um, name three things, preferably in three words, that you love about Brighton, either the club or the city. Uh, football. <laughs> sea swimming. Certainly not, not sea swimming. Not, yeah, anyway. Um, so yeah, three three things that I would love about the city is certainly football, the people. Um, the people have, have all been absolutely amazing since I've moved down here. And although it's not sea swimming, I do like the sea uh, on the beach and the, the sea's nice, but yeah, certainly not, not the sea swimming. But yeah, no, so definitely I'd say those three things, football, the people and sea. Zoe Johnson, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for listening and do let us know if there's anyone you'd like to hear from on the show at podcast at brightonandhovealbion.com. If you like it, please rate and review and tell your friends. The official Brighton and Hove Albion podcast with MyDieselClaim.com. This podcast is a voiceworks sport production for Brighton and Hove Albion. Sports Social Podcast Network.